Hello. Hello. Salam and good evening to you, worthy friend. Please, please, come closer. Uh, too close, a little too close. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Disney Brit Radio Show. Thank you once again for joining us. It's a full show this week. We had the Bright Size a couple of weeks ago and uh, we've got the team here. I, I was originally, because I thought that the, the setup for this evening it was all going to be the boys. I was going to have the boys are back in town playing, but we're not just the boys, it turns out, this week. Susan's not here. She, as we are recording, she's in, uh, she's in Walt Disney World, which we're not jealous about in the slightest. Or we might be a little bit. Um, so it's, it's it's not fair, is it? So join us this evening is John. Good evening, John. Good evening, Adam. How are you? How's your couple of weeks been? It's been all right. Just working away, saving some pennies. That's pretty much all. Twelve days to go. Twelve days to go. And you're off to California, so we we, we don't care about yeah. that at all. The original park. <laughs> and I, I don't know if I've mentioned it. I don't know whether you mentioned it at all. No. Have, so you're going, are you? Yeah. All right. Okay. That's fine. And uh, Gareth is here as well. Good evening. Good evening, Adam. How are you? Uh, I'm great, thank you. Um, just getting over half term. Now, uh, of course, we're all in England, but uh, there is somebody who's been jet setting again but is joining us from a rooftop in sunny spain and it's katie good evening hello how are you doing out there in the sunshine i bet you it's really warm isn't it i am good yeah it is really warm but it's quite late at night here well it's like 20 past nine here at the moment so it's just getting dark the sun's just gone behind the mountain um so i'm just sat up on the rooftop using the neighbor's wi-fi (laughs) (laughs) you're not supposed to admit to that on air that you're illegally it's okay, he knows, but he knows, it's okay. Oh, you, you've actually, you actually asked? Yeah, well, no, he lets us log into his Wi-Fi when we're in our villa. Oh, that's so fine, So, okay. I'm just assuming just that he won't mind. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. He doesn't know that I'm on his roof. Oh, right, so you're so on I'm his roof. So, I'm hoping that he doesn't come home from dinner and get a bit of a fight. You're on me. his roof using his Wi-Fi. Yes, okay, so this they, is true. So this this show may be interrupted by some sort of police presence at some point this evening. We'll see what happens, I don't know. Uh, right, so what's going on on this week's show then? Uh, we've all got a bit of news that we're going to bring to you to start off with. We're going to talk a little bit tomorrow's child. We've got the semi-final results of Disney's Ultimate Attraction. And with uh, the news of uh, a bar being introduced to an attraction over this uh, next few months, we're asking the question this week of um, if you could put a bar in any attraction... Which ones would you put them in, and what would you serve in there? So that's kind of the question that we're looking at this next uh, for this show. Um, right, I suppose it's time. Do you know I haven't played this for a while? I suppose it's time to do some news. So here we go. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Zazu. Checking in with the morning report. Fire away.
Right. It's time for some news then. So I asked everybody to bring a piece of news along that we can discuss. And uh, let's start off with Katie. So what, Katie, what piece of news have you got for us? Uh... My piece of news is that free dining has been announced. It is being re-released for the UK on the 21st of April, which is really soon. Um, and this is my kind of favourite deal. Every time we go to Disney, we try and book on this deal because we find that it saves us so much money. Um, so I think this is really exciting. Um, and lots of people will be booking over the next few weeks, I think. Yeah. So and and the offer seems to be combined as it was last year with the two hundred dollar free gift card mm-hmm. as well, which is pretty good. Um, and they're still doing the fourteen days for the price of seven ultimate tickets, so pretty good time to book, really. Okay, so it's um, the free dining's kind of usual time period, is it? As as it has been in the past. Yeah, it is. It's it's very very similar dates to what it's been in the past. It's slightly different than the dates for America. Um, right. So it's there's a lot of dates available for um, for UK bookings. So okay. it's yeah, it's a re- it's a really good option. And do you know is this um, sort of same as it's been before in the sense? Oh, something's about to be blown off a roof. Um, is it the same as um, it's been in the past where it's only moderate deluxe that have got the op- off offer, or is there other? It is. Yeah, yeah it is. So um, the value resort, it's a breakfast option. Yeah. Um, and then the free dining with the moderate resorts is the quick service dining plan, yeah. and with the deluxe resorts, it's the normal dining plan. So if you want the deluxe dining plan, you need to upgrade, even if you stay in a deluxe hotel. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Has um, anybody so. used the dining plan on here? It's not uh, something I've ever yes. used. Oh, you have, Katie. Have you we used it last year? I yeah. love it. Yeah. You love it. You see, I, yes, I had I the deluxe it. one when I um, um, stayed last uh, the, the table service one when I stayed last time. And I ended up finding that I think I spent as much on tips with my meals as I would have done if I had just paid for my food. So I didn't The reason that I like it is because I think if I was paying for everything out of pocket, I probably wouldn't eat in a lot of table service restaurants. That is true. But that gives me the flexibility to to eat in whichever restaurants I want to and you do spend a lot on tips but you know that before you go so you kind of just factor that into the price of your holiday and the other thing I really like about it is that um, my husband is Glaswegian and always looks at the prices on menus but when you're on the dining plan and it's just a credit that you spend in he doesn't look at the prices at all and I really like that (laughs) okay Uh, (laughs) basically it stops your husband it makes it a lot less stressful as a Glaswegian, I can actually vouch for that. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Last year, yeah. Gareth, okay. So, Katie, yeah, I'm um, a massive convert. Your... I love it. Katie, just go back to your point about the values only getting a breakfast. Um, yeah. I think it's actually, um, it shows up as a quick service credit, so they can actually use uh, it for any meal. At lunchtime, ah. yeah. Yeah, I think you it's advertised as being a breakfast, but you can use it for anything. Oh, and I read one of the change as well, but I don't know if it's been confirmed. Which they're not giving you dessert with your quick service and give you an extra snack. Oh, okay. but I, don't, I don't know if that's confirmed. I read it in a couple of places. There's a lot of desserts um, available. So I think that's quite a good thing because not everyone wants a bit of cake or whatever after their meal. So which one were you um, on last quick service meal. Which one were you on last year, Gareth? Uh, the quick service. Right, and okay. yeah, to be honest, a lot of the time we just had the dessert because it came with it. And you're yeah. eating it yeah. for the sake of it. So eating it for the sake of eating it, yeah, that's fine. Okay, yeah. right, so dining plan's back, that's good. So that, the question is, Gareth, you were talking the other day about possibly doing a, a quick trip out at the end of this month. Yeah, I've, which... I've still not talked myself down from it yet. Okay, I didn't know whether the, this Friday um, free dining I'm, thing I'm, might I'm waiting around. for an answer if I can get the time off tomorrow. 
I'm avoiding talking about it because I don't think I'm going to be able to, but oh. um, you have nice to idea. now, you have to. <laughs> <laughs> just Fair do enough. it, just do it. Um, okay, Gaining. right, so that's, that's the Disney dining plan then. I'm hopping over to Disneyland Paris because I want to talk to you a little bit about the change in presidency again at Euro Disney SAS. Uh, Tom Wolber has left and Catherine Powell has taken over. Now, Catherine Powell is not particularly a name that we are... Uh, we really know uh, but she has been nominated and given the role of president of euro disney and she's uh, say already replacing tom wall but he's returned to the united states he's going to take on the operational responsibilities for the disney cruise line and uh, carl holtz has said this past week that we are thrilled to welcome catherine to disneyland paris paris catherine has held a variety of senior leadership roles throughout the world for disney including in australia and europe and has proven to be an exceptional leader who has the versatility and experience needed to lead the continued success of Disneyland Paris. Now, she's British. Look at this, an English person in I China know, I think Paris. this is pretty, How brilliant pretty is special. She's gone from Australia, she's been over in Australia, she does say she's going to miss Australia, but to be in charge of an entire resort is pretty exciting. Uh, she studied at Oxford University and has been managing director in Australia and New Zealand for more than 12 years. She's also been Europe, Middle East, Asia, the whole lot. Um, She's been part of the media distribution division for a good while as well um, and has covered all sorts of places with regards to that and has hold, held senior TV sales roles as well. So she's more than qualified to take this role on. Now, I've never really heard much about her before. I, immediately, I, I'm really excited for her arrival because as soon as she was announced as being the new Disneyland Paris president, um, we tweeted some other people tweeted her and she was immediately responding to all of those people on twitter which we've never had before from any disneyland paris president which i think is fantastic that we've got this, this president now um who is is pretty much uh you know coming in and oh that's loud noises um, who's come in and she's really responding to the fans already, which I think is fantastic. She's to do that. Uh, what, so, John, you were saying you were quite pleased that she's coming in. I am quite pleased that she's coming in. She um, she kind of seems to have a finger kind of on the pulse of, like, um, social media. All oh, right, she's only been on social media for about four months, but her interaction yeah. with people is, is superb already. Yeah. Yeah. She seems to be, from what I've made from Twitter as well, quite a big Disney fan. Yes. And to have an actual fan being part of the, the resort is really good. And I've already seen that she's listening to podcasts from yeah. um, Disneyland Paris people, so... You know, she's actually kind of listening to the fans and taking on board what they're saying about the resort. Yeah. And I think this could be what makes the difference between a good resort and a great resort. Um, she also kind of, I think, first thing she'll do is put Wi-Fi in that park, or she'll be. I mean, I know it's coming, but I think she'll get it kind of sped up a bit because yeah. you've got this fantastic app that comes with the park, and you just can't utilize it because no one's got Wi-Fi and no one can afford the Roman charges. Yeah. So I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm actually quite excited about what she what she's got. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that she's going to do that. Um, so uh, good here, good to see that she's going to be coming along. She's going to be uh, joining the team over there, which is fantastic. Um, Gareth, uh, what's your kind of opinion on the arrival of uh, of, of Catherine? Can you hear me? 
hear me, Gareth? I'm struggling to hear you. Okay, what did you? Um, what's your opinion on uh, the arrival of Catherine? Uh, I'll be honest. Before sort of the end of uh, well, this weekend, I didn't I didn't really know anything about her. Um, then she suddenly started popping up all over my Twitter feed. Yeah. Um, I think she's she's got uh, three young children. Has she? So she has. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, she's got three boys. Yeah. Yeah. So I think she's quite in touch with what certainly what Disney fans want. Um, she did say that they really like Tower of Terror, which is good because I was concerned that that might be subject to this rumoured overlay. Yeah, which Guardians of the Galaxy. So, <laughs> any, anything that, that means that doesn't happen, I'm fully on board with. Yes, definitely. I'm quite happy with is that. It, is it that you're not a Guardians of the Galaxy fan, or is it that no, you're no, just quite a fan of Tower of Terror? Quite the opposite. I, I love Guardians of the Galaxy. It's my favourite Marvel film, but Tower of Terror is just one of those things you shouldn't be messing around with. No, surely they're not going to do that. But surely they're not going to put a Guardians of the Galaxy overlay on Tower of Terror. Like the story is so well done, and they took so long to kind of design everything around that quite intricate storyline. Surely they wouldn't do an overlay. You'd hope not. I know it's rumoured, but I don't think that'll happen. No, I don't think it'll happen either. I think if it was going to happen anywhere, it wouldn't happen at Disney World because of the the Universal Marvel contract. Yeah, that's a fair point. Actually, it couldn't could it? Couldn't yeah, I, th- I think uh, I think it was Jim Hill was was saying that um, those characters possibly aren't covered in the contract. Right. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Who knows then? Well, anyway, we want to thank, we want to welcome Catherine to Disneyland Paris. We are really looking forward to seeing the work the work that she's going to be doing while she's there. And if she wants to come on the show and talk to us, she is more than welcome to come and join us. So uh, the she has, there, podcasts, she, she, has, yeah, she, she has been listening to podcasts. She might want. She has been. Yeah, she has definitely welcome. been listening to podcasts, and she's definitely very. Active. She's she's been very active in the social in the community, hasn't she? So she is more active. than welcome. Paris community, so I wouldn't be surprised if she does show up on a few. Yep, no, she's more than welcome to come and join us if she'd like to. Right, uh, so, Gareth, what have you got? What is your Okay, news? my news is about the... Uh, it's the Disney After Hours plotting. Yeah. Um, so, as a lot of people know, they started these special After Hours events for the, for the bargain price of 140 $9. Um, guests can get three hours after the Magic Kingdom closes yeah. on the, on the Thursday for the next, well, the last week and the next six weeks. And reports on Twitter and Facebook that there were maybe a thousand people there. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of those probably weren't paying. Um, there's a there's a big rumor that a lot of tickets were given out to travel agents and people walking around. Respect, I suppose, yeah, was the idea of it. 149 dollars um, is a lot of money, isn't it? It's a lot oh. of money. I, I'm I'm on the other side of this. If you look at the price of a ticket for for a one day ticket for the Magic Kingdom, you know that's that's above 100 dollars already. Yeah. And you could spend your entire day queuing for. So for an, if someone said to me for an extra, I think it's probably about 40 dollars that I could get on all the rides I wanted to go on um, without having to, to queue them, having to push, push past people. I, I think I'd probably pay that. But you yeah. only have three hours to do it. Well, you, no, you don't actually, because you, you can get in from 7 o'clock. Yeah, but there's all, still, still all the other people in the park at that point. Yeah, but for the, you're, coming up, you're coming up towards when it's going to... You've got those four hours where it's winding down. The crowds aren't the same as, as they are at 
three in the afternoon. I, I, I don't think it's a bad price, personally. I think the amount, you know, the amount of money that you spend on your holiday, if every, I think I worked out one time, I think every, every hour there was costing me about 30 quid. Yeah. So if I, if I, can, if I can save easily three hours worth of queuing, that's worth £90 on its own. So the price is, is nearly covering that. Yeah. Well, I heard they're only selling 3,000 tickets for each, each event. Um, and they're probably not selling near that. So, yeah, I worth think it. at the minute, I suppose $149 would be worth it because there's nobody there. But was it about 1,000 yeah. people they estimated came to the first one? Yeah. Yeah, it's all speculation, isn't it? The Disney haven't actually said how many people told they wouldn't. Well, if it's been... Um, the thing is, with Disney, quite often, if it's been really successful, they're going to say lots. If it's not, they're going to keep it quiet, which is what usually happens. So the fact that we And they seem to have kept this it, quite quiet. It's been very quiet. I was quite surprised by the number of attractions that they actually kept open. So I was but looking down the list, and a lot of those things, it's, it's stuff that I probably wouldn't even bother queuing. If the queue was longer than 10 minutes, I wouldn't go on it anyway. I yeah. think it's like uh, Mickey's Filler Magic, Barnstormer. But then, that, there's that argument, isn't it, that you're paying an extra $50 for three hours in a park, and then actually you're not getting all of the attractions that you would normally get if you'd have paid slightly less. Yes, you're not queuing, but equally you're not getting a full park. <laughs> And then you've got the bizarre thing of them offering the Mickey ice cream bars and the the soft drink. There's yeah. there's, there's only so many ice cream bars you want to eat at one a.m. Yeah, oh, but that number's really very odd, very high. Choice, double figures. Yeah. Oh, what of ice cream bars? <laughs> you've got make, I mean, make it a bird, make it a churro or a turkey leg. Absolutely. No. <laughs> ice cream bars at one a.m. Perhaps not. Yeah, not this time of year. Yeah. I mean, even a Dole bars. Whip. I can yeah. Take a Dole Whip. Well, I, mean, I, I think even more they didn't they didn't heavily advertise it really. I I didn't see it anywhere from Disney other than at their official blog. No, it wasn't really heavily advertised on Twitter or, or Facebook. So in, in that respect, maybe it's not not so surprising that the, the numbers were low. I think people perhaps, who went seemed to really enjoy it though, didn't they? Because it was so but, quiet. Well, then you, you would, would yeah. if it was that quiet. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, when you do that, if you do the Halloween, uh, Mickey's not so scary. I mean, what, how many people did they let in for that? About 7,000? And queuing for the rides for that is just bliss. And that's only 7,000. So get, imagine if there's only 1,000 people as well, in there. don't you, with the Halloween stuff? You get stuff that you wouldn't normally get. Whereas, yeah, you get the trick-or-treat, yeah, and, and whereas, it's less money, and I think it's, I more, think it's much more worth it. I just think it's a crazy amount of money. I think... Uh, okay, I've, let's put it from... Sort of there's an alternative as an alternative. To the yeah. And if you are going it's, for a short period of time and you haven't got a lot of time for the parks and you want to be able to do the Magic Kingdom without any crowds, it might be worth paying the extra $50. But for someone like us, who's from the UK, who gets plenty of time there, then actually there's, uh, it doesn't make sense in order to pay out that extra money to do it. You have to think about it these, this way as well. Think of the photo opportunities you'd get in such a quiet park. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, you would. And um, it's much better value for money than the breakfast one they're offering. But I could also argue that you could get fantastic shots just by booking a character breakfast at 8am at the Magic Kingdom. I agree with that. And you can go and get really fantastic shots then as well. Yeah, I agree with I that. Don't change the yeah, hours. that's true. So it, I, I did, um, when I went to Disney World a few years ago, I did the Sinister Soiree in the castle. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did the second uh, one at 11pm. And when yeah. we left, we were the only people in the park. And yeah, okay, we paid you know, $70 or $80 to do that. Um, but 
it was worth it just for those pitches that we got mm. in an empty park. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Okay, John, what you got for us? I'm going to talk about the delay in the Rivers of Light and the nighttime experiences at Animal Kingdom. Delay. I like, I like delay. Yes, yeah. delay in inverted commas because they've <clears throat> they've it was supposed to open on April 22nd and the lovely Susan was so excited about being out there for the opening. She was. Um, and then they went ahead and uh, postponed it. Um, and they've not put a new date in. And they've said that they'll give us an update in mid to late May. That's so obscure and so ambiguous. Um, they're saying, official word is that it's, so they've got more time to work on it to make it even better. Mm-hmm. But they've taken all the walls down off around, off around this, the seating area. They've been testing it for about a month now. And everyone that's seen it said it's pretty spectacular. Yeah. As far as I'm aware as well, they've put in all the special screens, the special sunset screens and all the new lighting for the nighttime safari. you know is what what is actually the real reason behind them postponing it um, i think a lot of people are saying it's actually due to shanghai um, and i actually disagree with this i actually think it's to do with their advertising campaign that they've currently got running in america um which is there's four new parts and four new experiences yeah so you've got epcot doing the frozen mm-hmm. ride in norway then you've got um Magic Kingdom, they've just taken down the castle stage, or they've, they've stopped the old castle stage show, so yeah. I wonder if they're going to put something new in there over the summer. Then you've got uh, the studios, where there isn't already a lot, but they're putting in <laughs> Star Wars Nights plus um, the Tower of Terror bar. So if they're launching all of that over the summer, yeah. when why, why launch Rivers of Light and the nighttime experiences now, when in, say, six to eight weeks you can you know launch four new experiences over the summer and that's my that's my theory i don't think it's due to shanghai at all i don't think it's due to any kind of money saving because you kind of have to spend money to make money and launching rivers of light and nighttime experiences at animal kingdom would actually i think bring in a lot of money um so that that's my theory yeah I, I, I kind of agree with you. I've heard. The thing is, at the minute, with this whole Shanghai thing, you know, it's all... Disney are very good at making sure things are separate. If people are getting on at Shanghai because it's delayed and it's cost so much more money than it should have done and all this sort of stuff, and everyone's saying, well, all the money's now been drawn out of all the other parks. If it was a case that other parks sucked money from the domestic parks then surely Disneyland Paris is doing this all of the time. And therefore, all of this stuff would never exactly. happen because Disneyland Paris would be taking all the money. So I, I kind of fail to believe that Shanghai really has got a massive thing to do with what's happening. Equally, you know, we've had the news this past week of the change round at the top with Disney, with Tom Staggs sort of stepping down. Yeah, um, and he was supposed to be yeah, kind of lined up to exactly. take over from... And people um, are saying, well, this is clearly because yeah. of the Shanghai delay and he's embarrassed and the Disney company have told him he's got to step down and move away. And I think it's probably got nothing to do with that whatsoever. It's probably No, because this is going to be Bob Iger's on. legacy, not exactly. Tom Staggs. So you kind of think, well, hang on a second. No, I don't think it is really why he's stepping down very much like the Disneyland Paris one you know it's not fully owned by Disney it's partially owned by Disney so it's it you know I think it's all just utter rubbish but people just trying to find something I think as well we've got to bear in mind that my magic plus ended up costing an extra 1.5 billion yeah. and when they they 
um, went over at D- uh, Disneyland's California Adventure, and they attacked that park with $1.5 billion. That ended up going half a billion dollars over. Um, and I think it's, it's you know, you, fi- you find the money, you can't, you can't place blame in those areas because, no. you know, they, they put in magic bands, but they still managed to get new Fantasyland in. Yeah. They've, they've, you know, and they're now building Star Wars Land and Toy Story Land at this at the studios. And then you've got over in California, you've got, you know, they spent half a billion dollars more trying to get DCA fixed, which they did. Yeah. But they've still found the money to get Star Wars Land in. So now, you know, this isn't a, a permanent delay. We know this. And what's really interesting is that um, if you were to go over to the uh, Disneyland Paris website and you would get to go to Animal Kingdom attractions that actually on the website they have now got and it says currently unavailable they've got Disney's Animal Kingdom Park at night okay and it's a particular section that's in there and if you go in it does talk about all the new experiences coming with the Rivers of Life and Tree of Life it talks about the Discovery Island Carnival the Harambe Wildlife Party it then uh, it talks about Classic attractions in the dark, Kilimanjaro, Safaris, Expedition Everest, Carly River Rapids. And then also talks about the Nomad Lounge and Tiffins that is coming as well. Um, so there's all of the stuff that, that's definitely happening. It's not like this isn't going to happen at all. Um, it's definitely coming. It's just a case of it now being delayed as to, and, you know, we'll know when exactly it is going to arrive. So we'll see what happens with regards to that. Who knows? Okay, that is all of our news then. Um, I want to uh, quickly move on to uh, Tomorrow's Child. We haven't done Tomorrow's Child for a little while. And as we're doing Tomorrow's Child, it means that we need this piece of music. Okay, now I have to hold my hands up here and I have to uh, make a confession. I totally forgot to do Tomorrow's Child with my own children. Um, so I, I'm just as bad as everybody else. There's a couple of other people who I know were due to send some audio through to us and sadly didn't manage to make it through in time before we were starting to record. So I know they're out there somewhere. So rather than moving on and coming up with something new, we're going to delay our Tomorrow's Child theme. We're going to keep it going for another couple of weeks. So in uh, four weeks' time when we do the next full show, we're going to do our Tomorrow's Child again. So we're going to remind you of what the Tomorrow's Child uh, topic was and it was the following. If... This is to the children, obviously, not you. If you were to build a scary ride for Walt Disney World or Disneyland Paris, what would that scary ride be? So, kind of a title of it, if they've got one, and what it consists of. So, if they were to build a scary ride for uh, the parks, what would that scary ride be? So, that's basically what we're going to be looking at um, when we come, come around in four weeks' time. So, please do get thinking about that, get your children thinking about that, and hopefully in uh, in a few weeks' time, we will have uh, some audio to play, including my own, which I remember to do because I forgot to do it today when I saw him. Right, okay, here we go. We're nearly there. It is semi-final time for Disney's Ultimate Attraction. So let's remind you of what exactly happened on uh, the last round. We had six uh, pairings left and as part of our semi-final what we did was we paired three against three and we ended up putting those up on our Twitter feed and uh, people went mad. It's possibly the biggest vote we've ever had for these attractions that have been going on. So people were voting for these and uh, then we, as soon as the vote finished we took it down so no one could see what the answers were. And uh, 
here they are, and we're going to vote for these um, and see where we end up. So, the first set was Splash Mountain versus The Haunted Mansion versus Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. And then the second lot was Kilimanjaro Safari versus Tower of Terror versus Big Thunder Mountain. Now, Susan isn't here. She's already given me her vote, so I know which one she's voted for and where she's going with those. So, we're going to find out from everybody else which ones they would choose. And that ultimately will give us our final of Disney's Ultimate Attractions. So, let's start off then with uh, our first set of... Uh, Attractions, Splash Mountain, Haunted Mansion, and Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. We'll start off with Katie. So, Katie, out of those three, Hello. which one are you going for? It has to be Splash Mountain for me. Ooh, okay. um, I love all three of these rides, yep. but Splash is... If I had to pick one ride to do again and again and again, it would be Splash Mountain. Um, I think you get a lot of queue, a lot of ride for your queue. So if you do have a bit of a long queue, it's kind of worth the wait okay. because you run it for quite a long time. It's tame enough for all of the family to go on, but it's still got that little element of excitement at the end, the big drop. Um, and I just really love the story of it. So I think I would always have to pick Splash. So you're, you're going for Splash, okay? That's yeah. That's fine. Okay, John, if you had to pick one of these, which one are you going for? I don't think it'll come as any surprise that I would pick Splash Mountain. Um, I just think, as far as Disney attractions go, this is the one that kind of personifies Disney the most. You've got the absolute wonderful um, dark ride part with all the animatronics, and then you've got that kind of exciting thrill element as well. Yeah. Um, and I think it just... It's just like like um, Katie said, the storyline is superb. And the fact that they managed to take such a controversial film as Song of the South and turn it into one of Disney's most loved attractions is just nothing short of brilliant, which just proves Tom Baxter's genius. Um, and, and I just think as far as Disney attractions go, this would be my ultimate. If I could choose, this would be my number one. Okay. So I would vote for Splash Mountain. So Splash I agree. Mountain. Okay. I don't get me wrong. I love, I love Haunted Mansion. I, I, I just, I wrote... Seven Dwarves Mind Train off. I just I don't think it's been round long enough to to become a classic attraction. Nope. I agree. Um, Haunted Mansion is absolutely superb. Um, it obviously set the precedent for rides all over the world. But yeah. I think just Splash Mountain just it just has something about it. Okay. You just can't replicate. So you're Splash Mountain. That's fine. Uh, Gareth, uh, I'm going to go against the grain of touch. I'm going to go Haunted Mansion. Okay. Um, for me, that's the bar that I use to decide whether or not the next ride I go on is a, a true Disney great. Um, I, I can't remember. It's, it's hard to do a ride that is essentially a, a ghost story. That's it's not particularly scary. It's not tacky. Yeah. It's just so tastefully done. Um, I, it's something that um, I still enjoy now. We took our we should have been eighteen month old last year and thought she might be a bit scared of it but she she thought it was hilarious she thought it was really fun um i really like the change they made to the hitchhiking ghosts um, yeah. at the end of the ride yeah uh i think it's just it seems like every time disney imagining having have a new great idea they seem to find a way to implement it in there uh, i just think it's fantastic um I, I do love um splash mountain but um i mean neither of them are at disneyland paris but i, I probably miss the haunted mansion more See, I think because Disneyland Paris has its own version of the Haunted Mansion with a lot of elements from the Haunted Mansion, I don't. When I go to Disneyland Paris, it's, Splash Mountain is the, the 
the one I want to write. And I appreciate, I understand the reasons that they don't have it there. Um, but it's it's the one thing of all the attractions in all the parks. It's the one thing I would love to see in Paris. There, there was talks about it, and I know that Disneyland Paris have been to some of the other European theme parks and have actually looked at how they've incorporated and implemented water rides into their parks due to obviously the inclement weather during winter and all that sort of stuff. So I think there has been some discussion and some thought about doing this. It's just that it's never sort of happened as of yet. You know, I know it was a good number of years ago since they were last looking at that. Um, it, it's a bit of a no-brainer for me, really. Um, and the reason it's a no-brainer is because one of these is my ultimate favourite attraction of all time. Um, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. I like Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. I think it's very clever. I love the dark... I think the dark ride scene is kind of one of the best ones they've done because of the, the fluidity of the particular characters that are in there. I like the coaster. I think the coaster is very clever because it swings. But is it a big classic attraction that's going to be around for years and years to come? You know, I, I kind of think about... Is it attraction that... Um, people are going to like miss and to be honest i think if it disappeared there wouldn't be a massive uproar from people if it just suddenly disappeared and wasn't there anymore so very much like like you the guys same like, that, kind of the same way there was in the original one last. yeah yeah it no was one was massively you know the, not as much as i say there was for mr toad's wild ride but the, yeah. I don't think this one. Which would you be. can still find at Disneyland. By Which the you way. can still find at Disneyland. Yeah. So that one's immediate was out for me. I like Splash Mountain. I think, but the, my problem with Splash Mountain is that Disney kind of took an idea from a film that they had and they kind of created a ride that was based around the film without really mentioning the film because they don't want to mention that they made that film because it has some themes that Disney aren't too proud of, and it was sort of like they partially used the theme and they use some of the songs and they use the animated characters to create this attraction so it was and it was a clever attraction it was a good attraction you know there's nothing wrong with it whatsoever i love the length of it i think you know you've got so much time when you're on the attraction itself uh that you you kind of even if you do queue a little while for it like you say you, you do feel like you've got your money's worth going on the attraction but it then harks back to this whole idea of Walt and what Walt wanted and Walt's influence on the park. And for me, Haunted Mansion is the closest of all of those because his idea of Museum of the Weird along with um, Roly Crump was the sort of initial idea of how Haunted Mansion came about. Now, I know Haunted Mansion wasn't necessarily Walt's idea, but this was kind of came out of that idea that Walt came up with. And I love the fact that... And this is one of the things I, I think sort of testament to what a classic attraction it is that in all of the parks around the world we've got a haunted mansion but the theming and the idea behind it is so good each one is slightly different we have not felt they've needed to replicate exactly the same attraction in each park because it's got enough scope for them to keep the same style to keep the same sort of ideas but give it its own twist to all those different locations so for me without a shadow of a doubt out of those three haunted mansion wins um i'll admit i was getting worried when people started voting for Splash because it was getting close. But Splash goes out, Seven Doors Mine Train goes out, and Haunted Mansion no! goes through. So there's definitely some final. kind of a fix. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sad Sadly about enough. that. What so, did Susan vote for? Susan voted for Splash Mountain. Yeah, see. Yeah, she voted I for Splash like Mountain. Susan. Um, she knows. So, sorry. Yeah, Haunted Mansion goes through. Okay, final of the semi-finals. Kilimanjaro Safaris versus Tower of Terror versus Big Thunder Mountain. So, who's going to start us off with this one? Uh, go on, Katie, start us off. Um, this one for me has to be Big Thunder Mountain because it 
one of my favourite, favourite, favourite rides. It was my first ever roller coaster. Um, so it was a bit of a special place in my heart for that yeah. reason. Um, I do prefer the version of the ride in Paris, but I do love the Walt Disney World version as well. And it's just exciting, but my mum can go on it, which yeah. is saying something. Yeah. Um, and I just think it's it's really well themed. I love the storyline, and it's just a really fun ride. Mm. So it has to be Big Thunder Mountain. Okay, Big Thunder Mountain for you. Then Gareth. Okay, um, I'm going to rule out Kilimanjaro Safari straight off the bat. Right. Um, I've expressed before how I feel about the animals and their moodiness. Um, <laughs> I think if you, if you look at the other two, like they're both they're both in Paris, but with Big Thunder Mountain, the Paris version is undoubtedly better. Whereas the, the Tower of Terror version that just feels like a bit of a, a poor man's imitation. Yeah. Um, so for that reason, I'm going to go with Tower of Terror at Walt Disney World. Um, I, I said I really like both rides, but I don't think Tower of Terror can be done better than it is in Walt Disney World. Everything about it fra- is fantastic. Um, you know, the, the queuing area in the boiler room, the way that the, the CMs behave... It's just absolutely outstanding. And to take a, a franchise like um, The Twilight Zone that I've, I've never watched and probably most people under 50 have never watched, and to make that relevant, it's, it's something that's really remarkable. Uh, one of the touches they did was to actually construct the video by using um, dialogue from um, like previous yes. episodes of The Twilight Zone. Yeah, they did with some that's of it. Absolute, absolute genius, because someone, until someone told me, I had no idea. We've got Mark Silverman. It's so was, seamless. Silverman, Mark Silverman was the man who did the voice of the narrator uh, in the library. We've had him on the show before. And they used some of the other bits and pieces as part of it as well. Yeah. So Rod, Rod Serling was the um, Rod Serling, the that's it. Guy. Well done. Yeah. Yes, it was, yes. Okay, so you're, you're going Tower of Tower? Yeah. Okay. Right, I'm going to leave John with the final vote this time. I really struggled with this one. Genuinely really struggled. Um, because Kilimanjaro, again, Kilimanjaro Safari, as great as it is, I'm ruling it out. Because it's nowhere near a classic like Big Thunder and Tower of Terror. Um, my problem, I, I, I do like Tower of Terror. I mean, as much as it winds me up and I get scared to death every time I go on it. I do like it. And I do think it's a great attraction. But I still think it would be a great attraction, even if it wasn't Twilight Zone themed. Because I like the attraction for what it does rather than for what the theming is. I was never a Twilight Zone fan. And I can tell you now, I don't think I've ever watched a Twilight Zone episode. So actually, all of these references to the Twilight Zone, for me, are completely lost. I've got no idea what they're talking about half the time. I know the music. That's about the extent of what I know. They could rip out the Twilight Zone bit, add a new story, or make it slightly spooky in a slightly different way. And I think it'd still be an equally good attraction. So... I like the Twilight. I like the Tower of Terror for the ride rather than the theme. Big Thunder Mountain is a classic. It's one of those attractions that I remember as a child and I loved as a child and I still love now. One of the things I love about it is the fact that it's a completely different experience at night as what it is in the day. Um, is it as good as the Disneyland Paris version? No, I don't think it is. But this was one of the originals and there's kind of been development in the theme and the idea of it since then. Um, my only thing about Big Thunder is it does feel like it's tucked away in the corner of the park a little bit. So you kind of have to go to that furthest corner over there and then when you ride it, because you're in such a corner, you can't really see a massive amount where you're going around it. Whereas the Disneyland Paris one, it's so out in the open, you can see the whole of Thunder Mess and all that sort of stuff as you're going around, which makes a massive difference. And So it's kind of 
for me, it was a toss-up between a ride where the theme's not great, for me, or a ride which isn't as good as its sort of newer versions, but still brings childhood memories. And I was really torn as to which one to go for. I decided in the end, because I think it's more accessible to more people, that I would go for Big Thunder Mountain. So, I've gone Big Thunder. John, what have you got? Well, like yourself, I really struggled. Um, I instantly ruled out Kilimanjaro Safaris. While I do enjoy it, um, I think when you put it up against Tower of Terror and Big Thunder Mountain, it's not even in the same league. Um, and I struggled with um, yeah, the thrill ride versus the family ride. I think, you know, everything Gareth said about Tower of Terror is absolutely spot on. Um, and what was said about Big Thunder Mountain is spot on as well. I think of the three Big Thunder Mountains that I've ridden, the Disney World one is probably not the worst, it's just the least exciting. Disneyland Paris is without a doubt the best because of the new interactive, not interactive elements, but the new... Um, projections and stuff that they've put into they've got in california that they're adding to paris yeah california's is really good i think um florida's just lacks something um but in saying that florida you know it's big thunder mountain it's 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 the my first roller coaster it's the first roller coaster i ever went on um i think i'm gonna go for i'm really struggling here Still struggling. I'm going to go for for Big Thunder Mountain. I think just for the, what Adam said, it's, it's much more accessible to many, many more people. Um, I think, yeah, I think the theme is fantastic. I think it fits in kind of really well with its surroundings. I just think, I think in all parks, but Paris, it's kind of shoved in a corner a little bit out of the way. Yeah. But it's excellent. Um yeah, I'm going to go for that. I think as well, the Tower of Terror can be a little. While it's not the scariest ride, no, while it's not the scariest ride in the whole wide world, yeah. um, I think it's very imposing, um, and I think it puts a lot of people off. Whereas Big Thunder Mountain, it's just a train going around some hills, yeah. and I think even even people that you know are afraid to go on fast rides, they go on this and and and, and they find it really good. So I think I'm going to go for Big Thunder Mountain. Okay, right. So the results are in. As much as we give Big Thunder Mountain a big push and we were so passionate about it it wasn't going to beat Tower of Terror Tower of Terror was well in the lead on this one which means Tower of Terror goes through which means the final of uh, um, I'd like to congratulate our viewers on an excellent decision there excellent Thank decision. You. There see the thing is, is do you know what I'm, I'm not really that upset by that no um, I think because you know I think it's like, I think we've all said it, the Tower of Terror especially Walt Disney World is just it's just phenomenal um, it's just a shame that, that just they, I think just Big Thunder Mountain in, in Disney World it just needs a little something Guardians um, of the Galaxy <laughs> I have heard well, I've heard rumours that they are going to put the same finale that they're now adding to Paris into the, the Disney World whether that's true or not I don't know but if they do I think that's what it needs yeah possibly okay so the final is the Haunted Mansion versus the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror I think this is a no-brainer. See, for me, it's a no-brainer. But 
is it a no-brainer for everybody else? I really. Don't but know. hello, two spooky attractions. Two sp- I know. Have you yeah, noticed yeah. this? That we've got two of the spookiest attractions in the whole resort are the two that have made it through to the final. How how bizarre is that? But uh, there All you go. All you need to do now is throw in extra terrestrial, and you're fine. Yeah. Can't, yeah. That's no. It's gone. <laughs> oh, Snow White scary adventure. We could have had that one in there as well. Um, stitch. It's possibly stitch, possibly stitch. terrifying. Yeah. No. Okay. So these two are done. <laughs> uh, we've got to the final. We will be putting them up over the next week or so. We'll give everybody a chance to listen to the show first before we put the results up and everyone goes, oh, we know what the winner is now, so there's no point. Um, so we will put in those up and then in a few weeks' time we will be finding out wh- what you have crowned Disney's ultimate attraction. It's going to be one of those two that are going to win that particular crown. So we'll find out which one that is in a few weeks' time. Right, there we go. So that is Disney's ultimate attraction done. Right, we were talking about what we could discuss this week and what sort of thing we might uh, think would be a little bit different, a little bit interesting. So we decided that um, with the news of a bar being added to the Tower of Terror, funny we're talking about Tower of Terror, there we go, Um, we thought, what attractions would we like to see uh, have their own bar added to them uh, and what would it sell and what would kind of the theme be and a little bit like that so we've uh, we've come up with some ideas ourselves so we're going to go park by park and we're going to find out what everybody's got ideas for some might be similar some might be slightly different we'll see what's going to happen so let's start from the magic kingdom then and we'll, we'll be fair uh, let's john let's give us one you've got on your list then because you might have more than one so what have you got one of the ones you might have for the magic kingdom for the magic kingdom it's got to be something in the haunted mansion Okay. Um, I I would basically take you know the the where the ballroom scene is from the haunted mansion. Yeah. I would take that. I'd um, tear out the the dancers, um, and I would actually place the restaurant underneath where the dancers are. Yeah. So you've still got that Pepper's Ghost effect, um, and I'd set the restaurant up in there. So you've still got that kind of that banquet dining room um, experience, but it's actually real people you're seeing this time. As long as you've got the lighting properly yeah. done and you've kind of, you've got, you know, your staff in the right, um, attire, I actually think that would work really well. And you could also have, you know, kind of really cool, um, haunted mansion-esque desserts, you know, like, um, you know, like, just like ghostly drinks and, and have, you know, like dry ice coming from the, the desserts and things like that. I think that would work really well because when you were still going on the ride, you'd still see it as the scene. Okay. Um, and I don't think it would detract too much from the ride, but also I think dining in the haunted mansion would be pretty. So you're awesome. going like I think full on, be pretty special. You're going full on restaurant here rather than bar. I would go full on restaurant right, rather okay. than bar. It'd be and a full on restaurant. Would there not be an issue with guests wearing modern day clothing? I think if you've got the lighting right. I don't think it would make too much of a difference. Okay. So you've gone Haunted Mansion, then that's fine. Uh, Gareth, what have you got? Give us one of yours. Okay, so rather than enhance an attraction that's already very good, um, one of my favourite attractions is the Country Bear Jamboree. Yeah. And I've consoled myself with the fact that that's going away at some point in the next ten years. Yeah, that's going to disappear. So to save this, um, I'm going to create the Country Bear Honey Bar so okay. we effectively do close Country Bear Jamboree and you turn the theatre in that waiting area into sort of a more family uh, friendly bar. Yeah. Uh, you'd sell, um, I'm doing air quotes now, which doesn't work, but honey as some sort of um, 
improvement on LeFou's brew, yeah. so that's not really cool some. Yeah. Uh, you could have um, so like some animatronic bear patrons at the bar slumped over with their honey. Uh, you could have Goma playing the piano throughout the day. Yeah. So a little um, bit kind of... You could still um, run the show. A little bit Sunny Eclipse style. Yeah, I, I, I'm in the mind. I really, really like Sunny Eclipse. I think it's yeah. hilarious. Okay. Um, but I, I have a confession. Bring... I've never been on Country Bear Jamboree. What? Oh, John. No, I've never been on. Oh, it's terrible. You have to go don't, on it. Don't go on, it don't go on it now. It's awful. You have to go on it. It, it was excellent. It was excellent, and they took out a few minutes of it, and they they ruined it. No, it was never. I excellent. love Country Surely. Bears. I absolutely love it. It's one of my favourites. Do you know what? I don't even know why I've never been on it because I love the Country Bears. I love all the songs, but I've just yeah, uh, for some bizarre see, reason, it's, it's just it's never. Done. It's an attraction I've never been on. It's like Carousel of Progress. I've done it once. It's but the, I love the song. The thing from is it. with with Country Bear Jamboree, it's one of those sort of not quite politically correct attractions that survived. You know, those three bears that sing, oh, all the guys yeah. that turn me it's on, hilarious. turn me down. It's like, how are they still oh, getting away uh, with this? Yeah, there's, there's nothing. It's all the guys that turn it. me on, turn me down. That's, that's right. Thing. It's a lot got, of adult jokes as well. Yes, you've got Big Al singing about blood on the sand. Yeah, blood I, on the sand. Yeah. When we when we came back, when we came back, our eighteen month old was was singing that line. Brilliant. I no idea, but Lovely. I thought it was hilarious. So, um, so you're going Country Bear Honey Bar, okay? Katie, what you got? I think Under the Sea. Um, I think that Little Mermaid is one of my absolute favourite Disney films, anyway, and I love the way that they've done the ride. And I know that it's not like one of the biggest, most popular rides, but the way they've done um, the restaurant for Be Our Guest. Yeah. Um, I think the way they've done all of that out, it would be really cool if you had a completely like under the sea bar experience. You could have loads of different cocktails in there. Um, you could have um, performances from kind of animatronic, you know, the the fish that sing under the sea. Yeah. You'd have those performing while you were having your drinks, and I think it would just be a really cool environment. I think if they did it the way they've done the Beating the Beast bit, yeah, it would just be amazing. Okay. See the queue, the queue in the Little Mermaid ride in Disney World is. It's beautiful compared to the California version. It's yeah. actually beautiful, and and I, the Little Mermaid ride was something I actually did consider for mine. I think the problem we have with the Magic Kingdom is we've got to remember that it's a dry park, so you no, can't yeah. really have no. a bar. Which is why in the Haunted Mansion I went restaurant. No, we can. It's fine because we've now really got it in. Uh, we've got it in the Be Our Guest restaurant. And, and it's our imagination. Yes, so it's okay. the yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah. I did not know that. Yes. It's the only therefore, place that you can get alcohol. Yeah, therefore, it's no longer a dry park. I, did, you know, I genuinely did not know that. So, all right, this is why I've gone for what I've gone for. So I'm going to start off with, I'm at Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, Tortuga Tavern that currently exists where it does, I'm changing the name of that. And I'm going to put Tortuga Tavern in um, Pirates of the Caribbean. And I'm going to put it sort of somewhere towards the beginning, build an area which you can see out into the attraction very much like you can with... Um, the Blue Lagoon in Disneyland Paris, but all mm -hmm. most of the drinks are going to be. It's going to be a, like a, a specialist rum bar, so a lot of the drinks are going to be rum based. Uh, there'll obviously be other things that are available as well. There'll be specialist drinks like you get with uh, in Gaston's Tavern and all that sort of stuff, but it's going to be very much a heavy rum based kind of um, bar, and it's all going to be barrels for tables and kind of very sort of um, the Isle of Tortuga from the films that sort of style. Uh, with all the music. I might even think about having some sort of like piratey skiffle band in there that might play every now and again so you get a bit of live entertainment in there too and that music can then obviously will we'll drift into the attraction 
uh, and it will be kind of this very sort of rowdy pirate kind of rum sort of bar. Uh, that's something I would definitely go to. There you go. It's kind of like the Adventurers Club. It is a, a bit, isn't it? And a bit style. like um, the yeah. Grog Grotto. Yeah, that sort a of pirate idea. version. Yeah, that's the sort of thing I'd go for. Yeah, I could see myself sitting in there, yeah, wasting a the whole day. Time. Yeah, I could waste the whole day in there. Okay, does uh, anybody else get any uh, more? Twenty dollars a drink. Yeah, well, it will be. Yeah, and you get a souvenir cup for another thirty. Absolutely. Um, anyway, I'm, I'm guessing people have got some more. Um, one of the things I thought of, well, one of Walt Disney's original ideas was to have the Tiki Room yep. as a was a restaurant. Yes, and if right. you go to the Tiki Room in California, there's actually toilets there, and it's attached to a kitchen. Um, and that is because originally that was the plan. Uh, it was scrapped at the last minute. So I think it would actually be a nice idea to kind of just freshen up that attraction, which I feel, while it's an awesome attraction, it is actually one of my favourites. Um, it's becoming a little overlooked by most people. Um, so I think even if you just had it as like a, a dessert place that just kind of did lots of Dole Whip stuff yeah. and pineapple stuff, I think it would just work. Okay. You could argue sometimes that if you've had a drink, you might enjoy the tiki rooms a little bit more than you would do normally. Well, to be honest, I think maybe Walt had had a few drinks when he created <laughs> There's it. There's every possibility that that <laughs> did happen. Okay, so we're going for a tiki bar. Cool. Okay, anybody else? Uh, one of the other ideas I had was to incorporate um, like a saloon theme into the end of Big Thunder Mountain. Oh, you stole my... Uh, Sorry, so I, 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 this one, I, I didn't go with this one straight away because I thought well, this is going to be someone else's idea yeah. too. Um, so I, I went, we'll go full out Adventurers uh, Club style. We'll have CMs as cowboys and cowgirls, yeah. we'll have a sheriff. Um, you can have the bartender that that gives you lip back. Um, I thought go call out, you can have um, CMs or actors playing cards and yeah, they'll accuse each other of cheating. It leads to a gunfight breaking out in the corner of the room. You know, sadly, 2016 Disney World, that's not going to happen. No. Um, I, thought, um, I was looking back at the Diamond Horseshoe review that used to be around like 20 years ago. Yeah. And they used to have um, like Can Can Girls. That's right. And then yeah. they would they would come over and you know, sit, just sit on guys' laps and like, thoroughly embarrass them. Yeah. And I just thought that would be absolutely hilarious. Do you know, I don't again, even think it was as long ago as 20 happen. years. No, it probably wasn't. Mid nineties, was it? I don't it's, know. I, it, yeah, I would yeah, say we no. Went to it you say I would say it was the early late nineties. Let me think. Ninety-three? No, but you might be might, mid nineties. Might be about right. Okay, so you're going for a saloon, uh, right? I'm going to the Mad Tea Party, and on the outside of the Mad Tea Party, you can sit and watch over it. There's this kind of very quaint, slightly weird English-looking tea room. Which you can go in, and one of the things I'm amazed you can't get in Disney World, and you're going to be able to get here, is you're going to be able to get a proper British afternoon tea. Okay? So you can get your sandwiches and your scones with your cream and your teas and all that sort of stuff. But it's also going to sell lots of other English drinks, you know, kind of like your Pims and everything that you would say would be quintessentially English. So this would be... Gin and tonics. Gin and tonics, all those sort of things, yeah. That would be like everything very, you know, and your, your, your English-style cakes and all those sort of things. Because I think Disney is still... I've talked about this before, that Disney are missing the trick, not offering afternoon teas and that sort of stuff in Epcot. Um, and I think this would be a perfect place to have it in, in the Mad Tea Party, where you could go and sit and you could have a nice afternoon tea and a, and a, and a whatever else. And 
watch the world go by. Well, on that note, um, I know I, I know I'm like the, the the Disneyland California guy, but they've actually introduced into the Disneyland Hotel um, in California. They have actually introduced afternoon tea. There you go. See, why don't they do um, it? It's it's not it's not cheap. It's like sixty five dollars. Yeah. They do, don't yeah. they? Yeah, at the Victorian Alberts. That's right, but I'm talking about something that is kind of accessible to everybody. Yeah, so you don't have to spend a small fortune to do it. You can go and spend twenty dollars and get your afternoon tea or whatever. The one, the one that's in the Disneyland Hotel is really odd. They've got like salad as an option. Of course, they have. Everyone it was just salad. like you, you know, you pay the sixty-five dollars and you get a glass of. Sparkling, sparkling wine and salad. Fair enough. Okay. Anybody else got any more? I've got two more. Uh, not for the Magic Kingdom. No. Okay. Anybody no, else got I'm all out for Magic no. Kingdom. Katie. Um, um, I've got one for Epcot. Okay, we'll go to Epcot. So my last two of these. Uh, at the Barnstormer, I thought it's a it's a barn style place. It's got small chairs and small tables, and it's actually designed for children, not for adults. And it's like a mocktail bar. So they can go in and they can get all sorts of goofy style, um, crazy milkshakes and juice drinks and all that sort of stuff. And the bar uh, that is not designed for adults, it's designed for children to go and sit at. And most of the restaurant is designed for children to go and sit at. And obviously the adults can go in, but it's a very child-centered place rather than an adult-centered place. So that was one of mine. And the last one I had was to be built kind of where the exit to Carousel of Progress is, around where the sort of Buzz Lightyear was, that sort of area. And this is the, the um, Carousel of Progress bar where there's different rooms and each room is themed to one of the eras within the Carousel of Progress. And the bar, you can buy drinks that are specific to that era. So you can get yourself a, a drink that you would expect from the Victorian age, one you would expect from the 1920s, 1960s, etc. So they'd be like it'd be like the drinks of different eras. So that was my other one as well. And that's it. That's like that. my Magic Kingdom one. Yeah, my my, my least favourite era would be the Prohibition era. <laughs> yeah, can't have anything. <laughs> you can have something if you go behind. You can this have a wall. lemonade. Yeah, behind this wall. Go behind that wall. You can drink it in there. Don't tell anyone you've been in. Um, okay, so that's those ones. Right, let's go to Epcot then. So we've got some for Epcot. So Katie, you said you got one for Epcot. So what have we got? Yeah, so the one that I thought would be really cool for Epcot is jumping ahead a little bit to the new Frozen ride. Oh, don't you that's dare. Don't you dare. The Norway Pavilion. Don't you dare. You've gonna... you got a similar idea to I me. bet you've taken it. Go on. <laughs> so my idea was an ice bar. Ah, damn you. <laughs> That's what I got um, written down as well. I take it that was the same as your idea. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so yeah, I thought an ice bar at the end of the new Frozen ride, um, similar to the ones that there's one in London and there's one in Amsterdam, I think. Um, I thought you could have, you know, at the end of Frozen, when Anna is frozen, you could have that as a luge that you kind of pour vodka through. Um, you could have all kinds of different kind of cocktails in there, loads of vodka. You'd have to have like hats and gloves and things at the door that you can put on. Um, yeah, I think you could you could go wild with the decorating. Sorry, I'm just laughing at the thought of Anna as a luge. Oh, I can't believe. When you think about the angle that her hands are at, it would make quite it a good luge. Maybe it might be right. I thought. Do you know what I thought? It's a great one. No one's going to have thought of this. You just stolen it first off the bat. <laughs> I'm glad I went first. <laughs> Fine, whatever. Uh, right, John, what you got? Uh, for um, 
for Epcot, I suppose it's a little bit morbid, but I'd probably put a seafood restaurant in the Seas with Nemo and Friends. Okay. That's a bit morbid, that's a bit well, morbid kind of, isn't it? You've kind of got... Um... Kind of a, like, pick your lobster, there's your lobster, and as you go in around Nemo and Friends, you can see people oh, dining is, in the restaurant. That is morbid. That's a bit morbid. It's, well, you've already got the fish restaurant in there, but they've kind of tucked it out of the way so you can't see them Yeah, no, I would make mouths. sure it was full-on view. <laughs> <laughs> like like when you go around you've got the blue lagoon you'd be like oh look at that restaurant that's nice amazing wonder what they serve in there they serve dory brilliant it's a bit morbid isn't it it is but i quite like the idea but i, I think people would go to it i think people would be interested yeah, you might be in right that. i think people would go to it right it's smack bang in the middle yeah fish and chips as long as it's better than the uk pavilion that's fine well yeah okay so you've gone for that one right gary what you got um, again, keeping the theme of saving dying attractions, um, I'm going to put mine in the Imagination Pavilion. Oh, well, you can put it upstairs. And there's nothing up there. Well, to be honest, there's nothing in the What's If lab, to be honest. So you might as well just tackle that <laughs> as well. Well, last, last time I went, a lot of the stuff that um, you're supposed to be able to play with when you come out of the ride was broken, so we yeah. can put it there. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we're going to serve gastronomic cocktails. Everything's going to bubble. You're going to have uh, cocktails that you can inhale. Um... And to top it all off, what I want is at the end of the bar, I want Dreamfinder slumped, talking into his glass about how he used to be somebody. <laughs> brilliant. He's talking to an imaginary figment. I love that. <laughs> I love that. That's brilliant. <laughs> Dream oh, poor Dreamfinder. Um, okay, I'm going to the land pavilion. And obviously the land is all about produce, that sort of stuff. So what I've got is a bit of an interactive drinks place uh, where it's like big, almost vending machine style things, which is full of different fruits. So some you know, some you don't know, that sort of stuff. And the idea is that you can pay for tokens and uh, so many tokens mean so many pieces of fruit. And what you can do is you put your tokens in and then you choose the pieces of fruit that you want and they all come out the bottom. And then you take all of that fruit to a juicing area and you get to juice all of those pieces of fruit into one big kind of juice smoothie, that sort of thing. And you've kind of been in the process of creating your own drink. So not only does it obviously promote the healthy drinking, it makes it fun and interactive, but it also teaches the kids about the nutrients and all those sort of things that you get in all of the different um, fruits as well. So it's sort of slightly educational and also healthy at the same time and doesn't involve alcohol for a change. And then when Disney inevitably launches Epcot after hours, you can add vodka. Yeah, there you go. You can add an, a drink to it as well if you wanted to. So there you go. That was my idea. Uh, any others you got? Um, I struggle with Epcot because no. most of it is one long pub crawl, okay. isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah. It is because it it, that's exactly what it is. I've put. Um, I have put a bar at every Kidcot stop. Because <laughs> Just to make it easier. Because by the time your child has coloured their fourth Duffy Bear... You're about ready to have a drink just to get you through the next one. Um, and the only other one I put was a bar at the end of Mission Space for two reasons. One, because there's a lot of people who hang around at Mission Space and have to wait for people to come off because they don't want to go on it. Or you might want to come off after, afterwards. But it's kind of almost like freeze-dried in the way that they do the food. You've got kind of like space drinks. So how they would get drinks oh, yeah, in space that would and be that cool. sort of idea. Mm. So something like that would be quite cool. Something a little bit different. There you go. Has anybody else got Or we just make sure that everybody gets a little shot of Beverly as they leave. Yeah, <laughs> just just give them Beverly <laughs> and run. Thank you for okay. riding Mission Space. There's your Beverly. Yeah, off you go. Right, okay, Hollywood Studios then. What we got? 
Who's starting with uh, Hollywood Studios? Go on, Gareth. Uh, okay, I am going with Rock and Roller Coaster. Okay. And um, I want a bar at the end of there. Um, have, have anyone, has anyone seen Rock of Ages? Yeah. The no. Yeah, the no. movie, yes. Or the, the film, yeah. yeah. I, I want a Bourbon Club at the end okay. of Rock and Roller Coaster. Fine. So live, live bands, um, maybe have um, some actors as, as a washed-up British rock star at the end of the bar. What's uh, this about people slumped mine, at the end it? of bars? What's this all about with you? Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm associating bars with, with misery. Clearly. Sorry. Clearly you are. Um, <laughs> the, the rock and roller, the, like a rock bar at the end of rock and roller coaster was, one, or, or was on my list as well. Ah, oh, there you go. So you're also on, Right, I'm going to say this one now before anybody else steals it because Katie's already stolen Star one. Star Wars Canteen. Oh, gee, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That yeah. was actually my. That was the one I was going to go for. Star Wars Cantina. Uh, Cantina. It writes yeah. itself, doesn't it? It does, yeah. It'd be, it'd be perfect. I don't know whether I'd put it in the launch bay, whether I'd put it at the end of Star Tours. I'm not quite sure. Probably put it in the launch bay because it's a little more kind of social there rather than the end of Star Tours. Um, but that was my only other one that I had for Hollywood Studios because uh, the problem was as soon as you build a bar in Hollywood Studios, they put a wall in front of it. So. Um, there's not much point having anything. Did anyone else have just, just get rid of the Beauty and the Beast stage show and just turn it into, just a, turn it into a massive. No. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, come on. To Taylor's <laughs> I love that song. A thousand years. John, Taylor's old as time, John. Exactly, it's really popular. John, have you got any more? Nope, I'm done. Katie? Nope. Um, I was going to go for Rock and Roller Coaster because um, I think that is quite an obvious one. It would be quite a a cool place to have a bar um, but I think you could do an alternative a kind of kids style one in um, next to Toy Story Yeah. Um, obviously they're going to extend that land so it would fit in really well with all the new stuff that they're doing and I think you could do something like you know mix your own milkshakes or have drinks themed around popular kids sweets that kind of thing Yeah. Uh, I think you could have some interesting options there okay fair enough right so that's all of that one uh, what we got for uh, Animal Kingdom then? John, go on. Animal Kingdom, just don't bother building Avatar. Yeah. And just turn that into um, like one big pleasure island for like adults. <laughs> okay. We can't now. They've announced they're making like three more films. So. Animal Kingdom after Avatars. Animal Kingdom after Avatars. Um, no, I would, I, would, <laughs> I would probably go into something like Dinosaur. Okay. Um, and yeah. kind of almost like it, make it like the T Rex, the T Rex cafe that's in. Oh, I want to say downtown Disney, but it it's is, Disney, yeah. Springs. Disney Springs. Um, yeah. But kind of make it all a bit more adulty. Um, okay. Kind of have really kind of cool cocktails based on dinosaurs and uh, things like that. And I'd probably, um, I'd probably, to be honest, I'd probably knock down the. the oh gosh, what's that little area? Um, Animal Kingdom called where Primeval World is. Oh, I just uh, get rid of Chester that. Chester and Hester's Donorama. Um, like yeah, USA. and I like build that as the bar attached to it. Yeah. Okay. With maybe a kids like, like maybe a kids play area in the corner, so they've got something to do. Okay. That sounds. While good. the um, while they're growing up to having a few cocktails. Uh, just build right. a wacky warehouse. That'd be fine. Yeah, yeah something fine. like that. Yeah. Gareth, what have you got? Uh, John's just stolen it. Oh. I I, I wanted a, a caveman themed bar in Dinoland USA. Okay. Katie? Um, what about something around... Tough to be a bug. You could do some like really cool like bug theme and you could have like challenges a bit like uh, on I'm a Celebrity. 
so you could disguise like bar snacks as like widgety grubs and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and it would be really cool to have something in or around the tree of life. Okay. As well. Fine. Uh, I had three. I had um, if adults completed each question and wilderness explorers, they got a free shot. Could be interesting. There's about sixty of them, so that could be good. That's that becoming would be a dangerous. bit. That's yeah. becoming a bit Epcot, isn't it? Isn't it? Um, <laughs> the other one I came up with, uh, I've just come up with, was the idea of using Dino Sewers a luge. Um, <laughs> you have to put it. In it's a, all about the luge. You have to put obviously. it in a mouth, and then you have to run around to the tail and catch it before it comes out. Um, but the serious one I had was uh, the exit to Kilimanjaro Safari to have like a little camp built up, uh, like a safari guides like retreat, like it's a campsite in the middle of the of the savanna, and uh, you could go into the tents and buy a drink, and you can go and sit outside in the camping gear or sit in another tent and have a drink and all that sort of stuff. So, so it's kind of built around this idea of, of camping in the savanna. That was my other idea, and that was it. That's all I had. Has anybody else got any others? Yeah, Animal Kingdom's a bit tough, isn't it? It is, yeah. As I was going through, I was kind of thinking, actually, there's not a huge amount. Because you can't really stick people in the middle of the Maharaja Jungle Trek and say, you know, pay $50 and drink on, beer with a tiger. on the top of Everest. Uh, or anything like that. So it was a bit of a tricky one, I must Aye. admit. But uh, is that everyone's, all the ones that we've got? I actually yeah. thought um, of putting something. Sorry, I went go back to the Magic Kingdom. Yeah. One I forgot about was seeing if you could somehow get people into the Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse as a bar. I so, think. Oh, so like a bar area but, in, the, in the trees. In the trees, yeah, I think that would be pretty cool if you just kind of had like a little area where you kind of just sit back and relax, and you've got that kind of nice little view, and you can yeah. just have a gin martini. If you did that, that'd be while a you're queue. kind of just kicking back, that'd be a queue, then, listening to Swiss Polka over and yeah. over. Yeah, oh, we all like that one. Uh, okay, that's all of them then, which means it is time for us to play this. <laughs> Right, it's the end of the show, so thank you very much for joining us as always. Hopefully it gives you a bit of an insight into the sort of things that we do and the kind of crazy, wacky world that we live in with all of these bars that we've got going on. Uh, thank you, of course, uh, to everybody for joining us. Thank you, Gareth. He's gone. Thank you, Adam. I thought he'd left already. Thank you, John. Thank you. And thank you, Katie. Thank you, and I do apologise for the no, strange noise. You can, you can go back. You can climb down off the roof now and go back and en enjoy your rest. <laughs> Uh, just to let you know that the next show will be in two weeks' time with Disney Brit Bite Size, and then in uh, four weeks' time from now, we will be doing our next full Disney Brit show. We'll be doing our final of the uh, Disney's Ultimate Attraction. Don't forget, you can follow us over on Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash Disney Brit Podcast. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter, which is at Disney Brit, and you can go to our website, disneybrit.com. Also, don't forget, we have still got the running team going. We've still got the Disneyland half, uh, Disneyland Paris half marathon going on in September. I was supposed to have been doing a 10-mile mud obstacle this month, but the company went bust, so it never happened. But I have booked myself on another one in July, which is going to be raising money for Caldwell Children. It's called X Runner. It's in Nottingham, and it's a kind of a water-based 10K. And next month, I'm going to be doing the hardest one I've ever done, which is the Tough Mudder half. I'm going to be doing that next month. I'm going to be asking for sponsorship on the next show for that as well, because I want to raise as much money as I can for Caldwell Children. Right, if you want to send us any questions, comments, suggestions, anything like that, you can contact us, radio at disneybrit.com. And don't forget to send through your Tomorrow's Child, which is, if you could build a scary attraction in Walt Disney World, what would it be? We'll be back in a couple of weeks' time with Disney Brit Bite Size. Until then, we'll see you.
everybody. <laughs> that was swell. 